And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's the conclusion to Life with Luigi, starring J. Carol Nash from 1950. Then Raymond Burr stars as Lee Quince, captain of the cavalry, on Fort Laramie from 1956. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. Hey, what do you think? Let's go back and listen to part two now of Life with Luigi. Sound good to you? I'm in. Let's go back to May 2nd, 1950 for Life with Luigi. Mr. Simmons, Spalding, I'm about coffee syrup. Oh, now I see it. Well, Mr. Basco, hold it for later, please. Uh, Mr. Olson, would you please come to the rescue with an example of a split infinitive? It will be a yawn. <laughs> a split infinitive. Yawn wanted to quickly jump over the fence. That's very good. Now, Mr. Horowitz, in this sentence, a yawn... Uh, <laughs> uh, a John wanted to quickly jump over the fence. Uh, what is split? John's pence. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, Mr. Schultz, how would you fix the split infinitive in that sentence? A little needle and thread, maybe? <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous. Uh, Mr. Basco. Well, if nothing is a help with the pants, Sama would ask her for doubling my money back. <laughs> oh, really? Mr. Basco, what is this about double your money back? That's what I'm trying to tell you, Miss Spalding. I'ma buy some pseudo coffee syrup, but there's no pseudo my coffee. So I was a thinking to ask for double my money back, like they say. But now I'm worried. Luigi, you got nothing to worry about. You'll get your money back. Yo ho, of course you will. Uh, who made the guarantee? Happy hell on the radio. I'ma want to so much you to get my money back. And a show, Pasquale, America is a keep its promises. But, Mr. Basco, it's important not to confuse the issue. America didn't make the promise. It's just one cough medicine manufacturer. But, but if the radio is advertise him, then he must be a good American. Ach, Luigi, if every American believed in his radio like you did, television would have to commit suicide. <laughs> Well, you mean, you mean it's all a fake about doubling my money back? Mr. Schultz, I think you're giving Mr. Basco the wrong impression, and let's not stop him from proving what he wants to. Thank you, Miss Spalding. Oh, sure, Luigi. Go to Happy Hall. Go to the radio. And if that don't work, go to the company. What can they do to you? Can they make you cough your brains out to prove you're wrong? Can they x-ray you till you are looking out from the inside? Can they put you in jail for false accusations? Schultz, can they? I don't know, Luigi. That's why I'm asking you. 
broadcast right now. You can wait outside the broadcast booth. Right over there. Thank you, Mr. Receptionist. So long, friends of X2OV. Remember for recorded ramblings, laughs, laughs, it's happy Hal at the bottom of the dial. Murder. (laughs) Glad that one's over. Oh, hello, Mr. Happy Hal. (laughs) You're a very funny fella. I like the way you always laugh. <laughs> All right. What is it, Jack? Excuse me, please. The name is not the Jack is a Luigi. Look, Buster, I don't care if it's Pedro Armendariz. What do you want? Uh, ain't you happy, Harley? Sure. Well, why ain't you happy? <laughs> because I got to be up at six in the morning to read them commercials. Because while I'm doing the laughing hyena bit, everybody's doing the sleep bit. Who are you, mister? I'm a Luigi Basco, fellow who's listening to your program. Do you recognize me? (laughs) I knew I had one listener, but this is fantastic. (laughs) Look, smiling Jack, I got eight hours more broadcasting to do. You're talking to the poor man's Arthur Godfrey. Now, what do you want? Well, as long as you ask me right away, I'm going to tell you. I'm brought back this bottle of a pseudo-coffee syrup. Now give me my 70 cents. You want I should give you 70 cents? Why? Because you say satisfaction guaranteed. Or <laughs> double your money back. Pardon me while I go out of my mind. Look, laughing boy, I don't personally make good on the manufacturer's promises. But you advertise as a coffee syrup. I also advertise hot water bags, but I don't guarantee you'll have hot water. (laughs) That makes me laugh. Look, Sonny Jim, why don't you just take this back to the druggist where you bought it? Oh, no, he's advertising Mother Hogan. Mother Hogan? Please, I'm going to tell everybody I'm going to get a great conference in American business. And they're giving me back my money. Well, well, now listen, sad sack. I've got it. Take it down to the pseudo sales office and let them handle it. Pseudo sales office, huh? Yeah, they're in the guarantee building at Maple and Grove. That's fine. That's wonderful. The guarantee building. Yeah. Now, what's so wonderful now? What do you say is the guarantee building? Yeah. Well, I'm going to think how wonderful is In America, even a building has got a guarantee. <laughs> Pseudo cough. Mr. Prandis, I'm sorry he can't be disturbed. He's in a very important board meeting. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Jones, but this meeting is very important. We expect Mr. Gooch up from New, New Mexico, and they're all there. Pseudo cough. Please, Miss Gooch. I'm not Miss Gooch. I wish I were. Mr. Gooch only owns the company. Now be patient. But I'm going to speak to somebody from the Gooch coffee shop. I, I mean a pseudo. I'm sitting here two hours with a little bottle. People look at me like I'm a crazy. Well, put the bottle in your pocket. I can't. I'm left at the top home. Well, why don't you drink it? What the fuck? It's made my cough worse. Oh, the... all right, all right. Hello, Mr. Trim. Could you see someone right now? I'm busy. Switch him to Johnson. Well, Mr. Johnson's homesick, sir. He's got a bad cold. All the others are in the board meeting. All right, send him in. Well, I'm away, all right, see. you go right in there. That's Mr. Trim's office. He'll take care of you. Thank you very much, Mr. Telephone. Maybe Pasquale is right. Maybe I'm sure to go back right now. No. Most important thing is that people should keep their promise, even if it's a man or a company. 
I believe you're looking for me. What can I do for you? Please, I'm not like to make trouble. But here's back you bottle. Give me double money back. What? I'm going to give a drug so 35 cents. I'm going to remember like I'm standing here. Was a quarter, a nickel, and a five pennies. Why, I... <laughs> this is a practical joke, isn't it? I don't care what you call it as long as I'm getting my money. Here's your bottle. Now, just a minute. I don't want that messy bottle. You keep it. Oh, no, it's yours. You keep it. And I'm demanding my rights like you say. Satisfaction guaranteed or a <laughs> double your money back. <laughs> oh, just a minute. Hello, Miss Flam. Don't I have enough things to do without you adding to my misery? I've got nothing to do with refunds. I don't care if there's no such department. Make one. Well, get Mr. Hollow. All right, switch me to him. Mr. Hollow, there's a man here who wants <laughs> double his money back. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing at anything, sir. I'm sorry. That's right. Money back. No, he won't. He won't. No, he won't. Give me my money and I will. What? Send him up to the board meeting? All right, sir. Do you realize who that was? Ralph Hollow, the vice president. And he said to send you up to the board meeting. Oh, good. I'm a go. For your information, Sudo Cough Syrup is a giant corporation. We have assets of over $5 million. We have a branch in 10 major cities of the United States, and our guarantee is backed up by Lloyd's of London. Does that mean anything to you? Sure, but I'm not going to see this fellow Lloyd's in London just to get back of my 70 cents. <laughs> gentlemen, this is a milestone in the history of pseudo cough syrup. Our first request for money back. Double money back. Yes. yes. Look, gentlemen, you got important business, and I'm no one about you, but it's something I'm going to find out. When American business make a promise, they keep it? Of course, of course. And nevertheless, now, look at our side of it. How do you know pseudo hasn't helped you? <coughs> That's what I had all night. Well, now, uh, are you allergic? No, I'm Italian. <laughs> but I'm got to my first peppers, and I'm a hope to be American citizen very soon. I meant, Mr. Basco, your cough may be due to some functional ailment, or you may be suffering from some hereditary malfunction that's not amenable to ordinary medication. Uh, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Sure, you ain't the guy of my 70 cents. <laughs> Mr. Basco, we have it. Then why don't I get it? Because you haven't unqualifiedly proven the merits of your case, nor the lack of merit in ours. Goodness knows more modern methods fail in certain circumstances. Now, take penicillin. I can't. I'm going to spend all of my money on your syrup. <laughs> Let me finish. Penicillin is not effective in every case, nor does sulfur or streptomycin help every person. But does that mean that scientists all over the world should rely on the word of any one man as to the efficacy of any of them? Oh, no, no. Well, I'm glad you finally understand, Mr. Basco. Now, if you have any questions, I'll be glad to help you out. I'm going to just do one question. Yes? Who's the guy of my 70 cents? <laughs> I, I just explained. Please, I'm, I'm willing, and instead of a double of my money back, I should have got the single of my money back. 35 cents. Uh, but... All right. Uh, I'm a lost the cap on a bottle. Make it a 25 cents. 
Now, Hollow, Hollow, let's settle this before Mr. Gooch gets here. Yes, but give me, give me my car fare, 20 cents. I just noticed there are seven of us here. Let's throw a dime apiece on the table. That'll make 70 cents. That's a good idea. Here's my dime. And mine. Excuse me, gentlemen. If you don't mind, I'm like a check for the money. A check? Yes. I'm one to my countryman, Pasquale, should see proof how the American businessman is a payback of the money. Just like he's a promise. Good evening, gentlemen. I'm sorry I was delayed. How do you do, Mr. Gooch? Hello, Mr. Gooch. Uh, uh, now, uh, well, just go on. I'll catch up. Uh, yes, uh, you, sir. I'm Luigi Basco. Uh, uh, Mr. Gooch, uh, Mr. Basco bought a bottle of pseudo and wants us to make good on our guarantee. Well, but... that's certainly no matter for the board of directors. Uh, Mr. Basco, sorry pseudo didn't help you, but if you'll go down to the accounting department, they'll give you a check for the full amount plus tax. A check? Oh, it's so wonderful. You mean there's going to be no trouble? Trouble? About what? Uh, well, you see, Mr. Gooch, uh, we were thinking of pseudo's 34-year record of... Record, my eye. Pseudo's sales are what we're worried about. And pleasing Mr. Basco is all I'm interested in. Mr. Basco, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for helping me out. And please accept this as a token of gratitude. Oh, thank you, thank you. Goodbye, gentlemen, goodbye. Well, I'm, I'm finally was able to prove I was right. I'm going to get to my checker for the money. Hey, what's this slipper Mr. Gooch is giving me? This certificate entitles a better to six months of supply of a pseudo coffee syrup. Mamma mia, back to the coffee again. <laughs> So, Mamma Mia, everything is a turn out to fine. I returned to the pseudo coffee syrup and I'm a got <laughs> my money back. <laughs> also, I'm a learn one very important thing about America and the business. I'm a met some very big men, like Ralph Hollow, vice president, and a Mr. Gucci, president. But I'm a learned that the biggest man of all is a Luigi Vasco customer. You'll have a son, Luigi Vasco, a little immigrant. Folks, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you enjoyed tonight's episode of Life with Luigi, and they'd like to remind you that you can make your daily work seem easier and pleasanter by chewing a stick of Wrigley's Spearmint now and then. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum invite you to listen next week at the same time when Luigi Basco writes another letter to his Mama Basco in Italy. Life with Luigi is produced and directed by Cy Howard and is written by Mac Benoff and Lou Dermott. Jay Carroll Nash is starred as Luigi Basco with Alan Reed as Pasquale, Hans Conrad as Schultz, Mary Ship as Miss Balding, Joe Forte as Harley. Friends, the Wrigley Company invite you to listen to their other program, the Gene Autry Show, every Saturday night over most of these stations. This is CBS for Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Life with Luigi from May 2nd, 1950, where Luigi tries to get rid of his cough, starring Jay Carroll Nash. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360.
More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360. It's time now for a good Western adventure on Fort Laramie. This is from February 26, 1956. It's called Captain's Widow. Here is Raymond Burr on Fort Laramie. Raymond Burr as Captain Lee Quince. Specially transcribed tales of the dark and tragic ground of the wild frontier, the saga of fighting men who rode the rim of empire, and the dramatic story of Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. Eighty-three men for duty. Hardy and Simmons in the hospital. Five men on leave, Captain. All right, Corporal Mercer. Just leave the morning report on the desk. Yes, sir. One of the three new men has transferred out here from Fort Larned. Been assigned a second platoon, sir. Come in, Captain Quince. The supply train is on its way in. Oh, good. <sighs> Lieutenant Cybert is sending the train on to the quartermaster's depot, but he said he'd be right here. All right, thanks, Jenkins. Oh. Supply train in from the railroad at Cheyenne, Captain. All stores is ordered. Anything to report, Mr. Cyberts? Cracked hub, two mules lame, one destroyed, otherwise routine, sir. Your command have a good time in Cheyenne? I think they did. I noticed a few skin knuckles. Any complaints from the civilian authorities? No, sir. <laughs> All right, Cyberts. Sign out to the quartermaster. Water and turn your stock out in the South Range. Dismiss your men. They're relieved from further duty until. What's that buggy doing in your train? Oh, I was going to tell you, tell you about that, sir. We、uh, had a passenger, a lady. Lady? A Mrs. Wentner. She's the widow of an officer who was stationed here. Oh, that must have been Captain Wentner. Said he was killed by the Cheyenne.、Well, that's right. Three, four years ago, up in Lance Creek, his whole command was wiped out. That was before my time. I wonder what she's doing here. She didn't tell you? No, sir. Handsome woman. <laughs> I take it you enjoyed your trip, then, Mr. Cybert. Not bad, sir. May I give you a hand, ma'am? Thank you. Miss Wintner, I'm Captain Quince. Welcome to Fort Laramie. How do you do, Captain? Are you the post commandant? No, ma'am. That would be Major Daggett. We didn't expect you, Mrs. Wintner. Perhaps your letter was delayed. There was no letter. I told no one I was coming. If we had, we might have arranged a more fitting reception and better transportation. This was quite satisfactory. I rented the horse and buggy in Cheyenne, and the lieutenant furnished me a driver. You were very considerate, Lieutenant Cybertz. Thank you, Mrs. Wintner. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll get back the train. Of course, thank you, Lieutenant. Pleasure, ma'am.
If you'll come with me, Mrs. Wentner, I'll take you in to meet Major Daggett. All right, Captain. Thank you. Uh, take care of the horse and buggy, Jenkins. Yes, sir. Did you know my husband, Captain Quince? Why, yes. Out here? That's right. I don't remember him mentioning you in his letters, but it seems to me there was a Quince in his class at West Point. Oh, I wasn't at the point, Mrs. Wintner. I was commissioned in the field at Shenandoah. <laughs> Up from the ranks. Oh, I see. Uh, here we are. Come in. Oh, Major Daggett, this is Mrs. Wintner. Just came in with a supply train. Oh, this is a pleasure, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Wintner? That's right, Major. I'm Philip Wentner's widow. Oh, yes. Won't you sit down? Thank you. I didn't know your husband myself, Mrs. Wentner, but I've been assured that his death was a great loss to the Army. Even more tragic for yourself, of course. It was a horrible thing. And even worse, a terrible, unnecessary thing. You could have been safe in Washington. I arranged it all with the President himself. I see. Could never understand why Philip refused it, but he was a stubborn man. Oh, well, he was very popular here, I understand. Isn't that right, Captain Quince? He was a good field officer, Miss Wintner. Perhaps he... He wouldn't have been happy at some desk in Washington. Might have been better for him to be a little unhappy and alive today, mightn't it, Captain? That's hard to say, ma'am. Well, uh, at any rate, we're happy to have you here, Mrs. Wintner. Sorry we weren't prepared, but I'm sure Mrs. Daggett will be able to arrange things comfortably. You'll stay with my wife and me, of course. Thank you, Major. And perhaps we can use your visit as an excuse to liven things up around here. We've had very few social activities. Might even arrange a reception or something of the sort. Major Daggett, I'm not here for social reasons. Well, what I meant was... Major Daggett, I came to get my husband's body. Mrs. Wintner... Your husband's not buried here uh, at the fort. I know that. But you see, I want him recovered and taken back east. I've arranged that he will be buried with full military honors in Arlington Cemetery. But his grave is a hundred miles from here, up on Lance Creek, where he was killed. I've already come two thousand miles. Another hundred doesn't matter. I don't think you understand. That's Indian territory. Cheyenne and Sioux hunting ground, treaty territory. Aside from the very real danger, my orders strictly forbid any white person to enter that region, including my own troopers. Perhaps this letter will clear your mind. You will see it signed by the Secretary of War himself. Yes, I see. So, Major Daggett... I shall want to leave for Lance Creek as soon as possible. You expect me to send you there with a troop escort, of course? The letter says every assistance possible. It also says within the scope of my orders and with due consideration for your safety. I'm not worried about my safety, Major Daggett. But I am. But in a case like this... There are no exceptions mentioned, Mrs. Wintner. What do I care about a treaty with those savages who murdered my husband? The treaty was made, ma'am, to prevent other men from dying the way your husband did. That's the first portion of Fort Laramie. More coming your way after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. 
Now, let's get back to Fort Laramie. Captain Quince, I'm beginning to understand why these Indian troubles go on and on. I've wondered about that. Wondered why you didn't just wipe them out. I think you're afraid of them. It's not that easy. The Indians are people, too. They have rights. I'm not interested in their rights, Captain Quince. And I'm not interested in your orders, Major Daggett. Am I to understand that you refuse to allow me to go to Lance Creek? That's correct. I can't risk your life, nor the lives of my men. And I won't risk a general Indian war. Very well. Captain Quince, would you be good enough to show me to my quarters? Of course, ma'am. Very impressive. The parade ground, the drilling. Yes, it is, Miss Wintner. Until you remember that in spite of all the military show, you're still afraid to face the Indians. Have you completed your tour of inspection? Yes. Lieutenant Seibert's has shown me everything, I think. It's all very interesting. Seeing the place that Philip called home. There's one thing I'd like explained, however. What's that, ma'am? What could possibly have held him here? What holds you, Captain Quince? I'm afraid I can't explain it to you, Mrs. Wintner. I'm sure you couldn't. May I escort you to your quarters? Thank you. I've noticed several men dressed in buckskins lounging about the store. The sutlers, you call it. Who are they? Civilian scouts. Charlie Reynolds, Will Granby, Pete Hazen. It was one of them, wasn't it, who found my husband up on Lance Creek? Yes, ma'am. Pete Hazen. He led the burial detail back. I must talk to him sometime. He's under the Major's orders too, ma'am. I meant Captain Quince. He might be able to tell me things about my husband. Things a wife would like to know. Of course, ma'am. You don't like me, do you, Captain? I don't know you well enough to like or dislike you, Mrs. Wintner. But it seems plain to me that you intend to disregard every consideration to get to Lance Creek. If you'll excuse me. Come in. Captain Gwynn's reporting, sir. Oh, Lee. I've just been thinking, uh, Caldwell's due for a leave. 
Who can we send out to the Clearwater Patrol as replacement? Is Seibert's too green? No, no, he'll do. He's come along fast. All right, good. Major. Major, what about Mrs. Wintner? Well, what about her? I think she's going to make trouble. I don't think she can. I've kept a check of the telegraph office and the mail. I think she's accepting the inevitable. I don't. I think she's determined to go to Lance Creek, one way or another. How can she, if I won't let her? I don't know. But I think you'd better warn the civilian scouts, especially Pete Hazen. Oh, he wouldn't be that much of a fool. I wouldn't think so either. But with her, anything can happen. I believe that. She's quite a woman. Oh, by the way, the evening social's all set up for Saturday night. Nettie's sending out the invitations today. Having a small dinner first. Uh, you're supposed to come. Huh? As Mrs. Wentner's escort. Why me? You're an inmate of old Bedlam. You're eligible. There are other bachelor officers living there, cybers. The youngsters. She's more your age. I don't fight it, Lee. Nettie's mind's made up. Only one thing I don't like about your wife, Major. She's a matchmaker. <laughs> yeah, I know. She can't help herself. Hates to see an unmarried officer, especially one as old as you. And after all, Mrs. Wentner is a widow and mighty attractive. You could do worse. Major, some women are army, some aren't. When Phil Wentner came out to Laramie, he came alone. She seems to fit in fine now. Maybe she's changed. Uh, women like that don't change. Just the same you'll escort her Saturday night. You better present your compliments to her tomorrow afternoon. That in order, sir? Tomorrow afternoon, Lee. White gloves. <laughs> Captain Quince. Afternoon, Mrs. Daggett. I'd, uh, like to present my compliments to Mrs. Wentner. Why, yes, of course, Captain. Only, well... What is it, Miss Daggett? Well, it's very strange. But last night, Carolyn asked not to be disturbed this morning. Said she wanted to sleep late. But when she didn't come out, even for luncheon, I got worried. So a few minutes ago, I knocked and looked in her room... She's not there, Captain. She didn't sleep in her bed last night. Captain, where are you going? To the settlers, Miss Daggett. You better tell the Major. Lee, what do you make of it? Oh, it's very simple, Major. Mrs. Wentner was last seen last night. Pete Hazen left sometime before dawn with two loaded pack mules, two horses, one rig side saddle. He left this at the settlers for you, with a $20 gold piece. Hmm? Guess it's his resignation. Didn't want to get arrested for disobeying orders. Yeah, you're right. They're on their way to Lance Creek. They got at least 11 hours start. They've got to be stopped. Yeah, if they're still alive. How long will it take you to get B Company ready? Too long. Besides, a full company up there will mean war. You think you can get a small detachment through, five or six men? I can try. And if we're caught, we might be able to talk our way out of it. Well, they can't be moving very fast. I'd say I could catch them about halfway. All right, Lee. Take the men you want and an extra amount for each. 
Rations for four days and 200 rounds of ammunition. 50 rounds would be enough, Major. We have to fight it all. It won't matter how much ammunition we have. I've lost the tracks, Captain. There. There, over there, Gorse. Oh, yeah, that's it. I'd never believed it, Captain. Two days from the fort almost to Lance Creek, and they're still ahead of us. I underestimated that woman. She's tougher than I thought. She sure must be. Captain. Yeah? And they've seen us. They've stopped. Oh! Miss Wintner? How do you do, Captain? She gave me an awful lot of money, Captain. More than I'd ever seen in one piece. Yeah, that's what I figured. You're not going to stop me now, Captain. Mr. Hazen says the graves are just over that ridge there. Miss Wintner, we're going to turn around right here and head back to the fort as fast as we can make it. Do you have any idea of the danger? Captain. Up there on the hill. Yeah, I see. Right in circle. Signaling. Why, that's an Indian. It is, Miss Wintner. Oh. Captain, what are you going to do? Might as well go on up to Lance Creek. Do what the lady came to do. This is it. Right over there. This one. Just this? That's it. You sure? His insignia will be inside the rock. It's so quiet here. So peaceful. Right now it is. Get a spade, Jenkins. Yes, sir. Miss Wintner, you sure you want to go through with this? What do you mean, Captain? Why, it wasn't time for a proper burial. I see. Did they do anything to him? Cheyenne always do. You may proceed. All right, Jenkins. Miss Wintner, why don't you wait over there? Captain Quince, I'm not a schoolgirl. I came this far. I can stand to watch. All right. Pete. Pete, who is this? That there was Sergeant Tackerberry, Captain. One with a red mustache, Captain. And a laugh you could hear clean across the river. Yeah, I remember. <clears throat> that one there was Lieutenant Williams. Yeah. Captain, is that the Lieutenant Williams my husband used to speak about in his letters? I expect so. They were friends. 
All these men were his friends. Men who lived with him, fought with him, died with him. He, he wasn't alone, Miss Wintner. They're all buried here where they fell. I see. Mr. Jenkins. Ma'am? Stop digging for a moment. Captain, you don't want me to do this. Why? I... I... I don't think your husband would care about being buried in Arlington Cemetery. Why? Tell me, Captain Quince. You knew him. What was he like out here? Like any other man, not very different. He liked it. Like the country, the men, like the job. He was willing to die here if necessary. Are you trying to say that he came here to get away? That he didn't want to go back home? That he didn't care about me? He never talked about you, Miss Wintner. Captain, all I want to do is take him back. Back to a hero's grave. He's in a hero's grave. Nothing you or I can do will add to that. You think I'm a selfish woman. I was thinking only of myself. Of my pride. Only you can answer that, Miss Winter. On the ridge, Captain. Yeah, they didn't waste any time. Must have been a hunting party close. They're coming down. It must be 30 at least. Doesn't give us much chance, Captain. Oh. It's important to keep calm, Miss Wintner. Very important right now. What have I done? Bringing you men here to this. We may be able to get out of it yet. Talbot, keep those horses under control. When they get a whiff of those Indian ponies. Miss Wintner, what are you doing? If anything's going to happen, I want his grave just the way it was. Jenkins, help her. Yes, sir. Sergeant Gorse. Yes, sir. Watch her. Stay right behind her. If the Indians attack you, you know what to do. Yes, sir. Don't miss. I won't. What do you think, Hazen? Can't tell yet. They're still bunched. Ain't hurrying. But they ain't gonna be friendly. No, we're uninvited guests. Can't expect much. They're down and stringing out. And stopping. Right across the only way out. Well, they won't come any closer to the graves. Cheyenne custom. Respect for the dead. Even the dead they killed. We're safe as long as we stay right here. How long can we stay, Pete? Captain, we might try cutting up over the ridge. Oh, the minute we break and run, we're finished. Uh, I'll go out to him. Might as well all go, Captain. There'll be no defending ourselves anyway. All right. Miss Wintner? Looks all right now, doesn't it, Captain? Yes, it does. Well, ma'am? Don't worry, I'll be fine. Good. Now... Everybody will move slowly forward, leading your horses. Move easily. Don't show any fear or excitement. It's little bear, Captain. At least he can talk some. One of you sign. That's right, Captain. I'll do the talking, Hazen. Sure. Greetings. True little bear. White soldier, give promise. Stay off Cheyenne hunting ground. Why you come? We come in peace, not war. 
We don't want trouble with the Cheyenne. They don't want trouble with us. Treaty say you stay out. I know. I made them come. The white lady came to find the grave of her husband. A warrior killed in battle here. She wants to take his body back to his home, to Washington. What warrior? The little captain. The captain with the yellow hair. That one great warrior. Captain, these are the Indians. That's right, ma'am. Little Bear, the Cheyenne had great warriors killed here, too. But the Cheyenne could take their dead away to their proper burial place. Will Little Bear allow us to take this warrior with us and leave the hunting ground in peace? Better leave spirit of dead in peace. In Washington, there is a place to bury great warriors with much honor. She will take him there. Better leave dead buried. All right, Captain. We'll leave him. He's right. I know that now. Philip is better off here. In his hero's grave. All right, ma'am. We'll... Little Bear, allow us to leave the hunting grounds in peace. Go. Thank you, Little Bear. All right. Everybody mount up. Easy. We'll move out now, before he changes his mind. Sergeant Gorse, how does it look behind? They're turning away. I figure it's all right. We'll keep the horses at walk just the same for a while. Yes, sir. Captain. Thank you. What for, Mrs. Wintner? It was probably your presence that saved us and what you said. No. I mean, for teaching me a lesson. Uh, Not me, Mrs. Wintner. Let's say this country out here. It can teach you a lot of lessons. Maybe... Maybe I was wrong about something, too. What? Oh, just something I said about people not changing. Just... Just something I said. You know, we keep moving. We might be able to make the Daggett Social Saturday night. Fort Laramie is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald and stars Raymond Burr as Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry, with Vic Perrin as Sergeant Gorse. The script was specially written for Fort Laramie by John Dunkel, with sound patterns by Bill James and Ray Kemper. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Featured in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Jack Moyles, Harry Bartell, Jack Crucian, Helen Klebe, Joseph Cranston, and James Nusser.
Company, tension. Dismiss. Next week, another transcribed story of the Northwest Frontier and the troopers who fought under Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. Enjoy all of the lighthearted antics of Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Jack Kirkwood, Effie Klinker, Mortimer Snurd, Gary Crosby, Carol Richards, and the famous Edgar Bergen End Table Discussion Group. They'll all be with you again over most of these same stations every Sunday night. And that's Fort Laramie from February 26, 1956, with The Captain's Widow, starring Raymond Burr as Captain Lee Quince. Also in the cast, Vic Perrin, Virginia Gregg, Helen Klebe, James Nusser, Jack Moyles, Jack Crucian, and Harry Bartell. Sustained over CBS. You know what sustained means, Lisa? Yes, yeah, CBS sponsored it as opposed to a different advertiser. Very good. Thanks, Carl. Not bad, Lisa Wolf. They actually, I've been around Well, they really, while. just to be completely clear, they yeah. didn't sponsor it. They just paid for it in, in the hopes that a sponsor Somebody would, would want to come on in. So sure. it was sustained by the network. Okay? Yeah. Very good, though, Lisa. Thanks, I'm impressed. Really? You impress me. Is that right? You, you do. You, you give me you no credit. You definitely credits. impress me. And especially when you brush your teeth, because you brush your teeth a lot, and that's impressive. That is impressive. Yeah, I like when you brush your teeth. Thanks. I know not everybody does that. Yeah. I try to do it at least, you know, once or twice a month. Yeah, that probably should do it for you. Know? You know? Yeah. It's funny how the two of us, even before we knew each other, we were both like... A little crazy about teeth. teeth. Yeah, because I brush my teeth. I brush my teeth like four times a day at least. Everybody teases me about how my much teeth. you. And then I you do. bought me that awesome water pick. I mean, water pick. If there's any, if there's any uh, big wigs from water pick listening yeah. to the show, they should they should call us. All three of yeah, us. Yeah, Mike too. Use yep. a water pick. We I use all it use a water every pick every morning. Yeah, and, so and we're not getting crazy. paid by water pick to say this. Although we would like to be. Yeah, we'd love to be. <laughs> but I use that water pick. Every single day. Once you start it, you sort of need to yeah. continue using it. It's a great tool. You know, if if I go a whole day without using it, I kind of go through a water pick withdrawal. Yeah, you know, I get it. So, uh, I, you know, what I do is I do the floss once a day, and then I you know, like in the morning, and then I do the water pick at night. See, you do it the opposite. Yeah, right? I do the water pick. Well, you in the and morning, I are opposite. And floss at night. Yeah, but so it's all good. Oh, that's okay. It's good stuff, man. <laughs> I tell you what, water picks are. They're good. Toothpaste is good. Yeah, toothpaste is good, too. But anyway, I don't know why we're talking about this. Um, But let's take a break. When we come back, it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, the- Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. 
This theory is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, next time we'll tune into Sydney Greenstreet as Nero Wolf. That's your uncle, right? My great, great uncle. Great uncle, yeah. We'll have uh, Sydney Greenstreet in the New Adventures of Nero Wolf. Then it's part one of the Red Skelton Show from 1948. Lisa and I and Mike will be back next time. Hope you'll be with us.